And you're listening to the Independent News Hour on WBAI New York. I'm John Tarleton, editor in chief of the Independent, New York City's progressive newspaper and website. You can find us online at independent.org. That's I N D Y P E N D N T dot O R G. Turning to our next segment, as the COVID 19 pandemic rages across New York City and state, one of the most vulnerable groups is the older incarcerated population in New York State prisons. Release Aging People in Prison, or RAP, is led by formerly incarcerated persons. The group is campaigning for the state legislature to back a package of proposed reforms that would make it easier for prisoners to obtain parole, especially for those over the age of 50. About 20% of New York State's prisoners are over that age, and, and, and that's an age at which RAP says they have aged out of crime. Joining us this evening is Jose Saldana, director of RAP. Jose, welcome to the show. Great. Thanks for having me. Yes. Uh, so, uh, first of all, can you talk about the, the changes to the parole laws that you all are seeking in this year's legislative session in Albany and why this, you all feel this needs to be the year that it finally gets done? Yes, uh, but first, let me just say that today, and for a long time, there are more people serving life sentences or virtual life sentences at any time in the history of our state with little or no opportunity for release. So the men and women that we are talking about, they didn't come in at 50 years old. Some came in as young as 15 and 16 years old. Today, they're 55 and 60. Others came in in their 20s, mid-20s. They're closer to 70 and have languished in prison for 35, 40 years. So this has created a health crisis in New York and across the, the state that men and women are languishing in prison unnecessarily for longer periods of time. Little opportunity for release. And in between, we have them getting old, sick, and dying in prison when the vast majority of them were not sentenced to death by incarceration. So we, we promote two bills that would address this intergenerational uh, incarceration of people of color, mostly black and brown people. And it will address the harm that was done to the communities that they come from and the devastation that was inflicted upon their families for generations. These two bills are the elder parole bill, which provides that if a person has reached 55 years old and has served 15 years, he or she will be entitled to a parole interview. It's not automatic release. It's just an interview. It provides hope for people to be released at an age where they can continue to be productive. Because we're talking about people that have been productive for decades during incarceration. And the next bill is the Fair and Timely Parole Bill, which will stop the parole board's culture of perpetual punishment, adding years and decades to a person's minimum term set by the courts, and will require them to evaluate who the person is today that is appearing before them, not who she or he was decades ago. And, and how do how do things look in Albany as far as the reception you're getting of uh, from from legislators? Is is there a strong interest in this? Yes, uh, we believe that we have a good a, a good 
sizable amount of co-sponsors in our bills. Even during this pandemic, we was able to organize within our communities and we was able to also address our legislators, especially those who represent communities that are impacted by these policies of mass incarceration. And we do have the supermajority in, in, in both houses, the Senate and the Assembly. So we're very um, optimistic that this may provide us with a greater opportunity to, to get these bills, at least have them uh, put on the floor for, for a vote in the Senate and the Assembly. And, and can you talk about your own experience with uh, going uh, up before the parole board? You did a 38 years of time, and I, I believe you had something like four appearances before the parole board before before they really start to listen to your 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 situation and and address you as who you were after your time in prison and not what you had done decades before yes i, I was i was initially convicted for attempted murder of a new york city police officer uh, in 1979 that's when it happened and and i served 38 years i was released because rap RAP was actually instrumental in my release. The early members of RAP, the founders, um, what they did is they they changed the composition of New York State Parole Board. They exposed the racism and the unfairness that's been going on for decades by commissioners from law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement, people with law enforcement backgrounds actually dominated the New York State Parole Board for four or close to five decades. So, and these commissioners would, would not, would not ever actually evaluate a person on who he or she is today. Instead, they would focus entirely on the crime that was committed, in my case, decades ago. And they exposed these commissioners for making racist and inappropriate and unfair remarks during parole hearings. And they, they presented all this evidence to the governor's office and when their term expires, the governor did not reappoint them. Instead, he uh, appointed six new commissioners from a diversified background. One of the newly appointed commissioners was my lead commissioner when I appeared before my fifth parole board. And she, unlike the other hearings, she only asked me one question about the crime that I committed in 1979. And then she went on to say, well, now, let's talk about what you've been doing the last 38 years of your life. And based on my accomplishments, that was before all the other commissioners, before all the other commissioners that denied me parole, she valued my accomplishments and released me. Right. And, and, and now you're doing this work that you're doing. And, and can you talk a little bit about um, the concept of aging out of, of crime, since there's a, a lot of fear mongering around uh, parole, uh, why, why it's so important for the parole boards and others to, to keep this in mind? Well, the recess is, is, is clearly evident that as a person ages, the person is less likely to commit another crime. I was released at 66 years old. So at, my, at that age, that category of people have a less than 1% chance of recidivating less than a half a percent chance of ever committing another crime. And all this is readily available to these commissioners. In fact, in, in one of my commissioners, he actually said at your age and, and, and with over 30 years in prison, 
you are the least likely to ever commit another crime, but yet he denied me parole. So the evidence is totally, the science is totally being ignored, but that's not the only thing that, that should be considered in our case, is what the person, and we'll talk about men I left behind, who they are today. They have, we have men inside right now who were my mentors, who should have been walking out with me. Their accomplishments to define who they are today, not just their age, although that's important, but also consider the extraordinary accomplishments that they have, they have made toward their own rehabilitation and helping others transform their life. Right. Uh, do, do, do you, can you uh, maybe describe a couple of these people for, uh, just so we, we have Oh, a yes, sense? absolutely. You know, there's a man right now, he's, he's, he's 75 years old. He, uh, he's a survivor of cancer. He, ha- he is a survivor of COVID-19. His name is Robert Lynn. He's been incarcerated for close to four decades. And, and he will not appear before a parole board in the near future. I think he has something like 11 more years before he actually is eligible for parole. The elder parole bill will benefit him immediately because he has nearly four decades in and he's 75 years old. You have another man by the name of Kareem Latif, likewise in his 70s, clear nearly four decades in, and he will not appear before the parole board until he's in his 80s. The elder parole bill will benefit him, and it will benefit hundreds of others like them, and it will all the fair and silent parole bill will actually benefit everybody who has a parole eligible sentence of life, and they should be released on their first parole hearing rather than be resentenced by the parole. Right. And uh, can you tell us a little bit more about RAP, uh, how it, it got started in, in the role of uh, uh, your founder, uh, Fareed, who's unfortunately yes, no Fareed, longer with Mujahid, us? Mujahid Fareed was an extraordinary human being. He was a brilliant litigator during his over three decades in prison. He was sentenced to 15 years to life. A judge could have gave him the max of 25 years of life, but instead he elected to give him 15 years of life. That makes a statement, but the parole board ignored that. He appeared before the parole board after 15 years with four college degrees, which included two masters, and he created the most comprehensive, effective therapeutic program to address the HIV-AIDS crisis in the 80s and 90s. And this, the value of this program is that it is actually being facilitated by incarcerated men and women in just about every prison in the state of New York. He is accredited with others with creating this program. But when he appeared before the parole board with his college degrees and being one of the founders of PACE, the parole board did not value anything that he's done and instead focused entirely on the crime and would deny him parole for 18 years. Added 18 years to his 15 years to life. At his temporal board, they finally decide to release him. He's seen that this paradigm of perpetual punishment has destroyed literally thousands of black and brown families over the decades. And he got together with two other formerly incarcerated women and they created this wondrous program that we call that. Mm. And, and y'all are doing, uh, we have to wrap up here in a minute, but uh, y'all are doing a, a, a virtual uh, lobbying day tomorrow. Uh, 
Uh, can you say a word about that? And also uh, for people who would want to uh, uh, find out more or get involved in supporting your work, go, where can they go to find out more information? Yes, yeah, so anybody can just go to our website. That's rappcampaign.com. That's rappcampaign.com. We have launching. We are launching an advocacy day tomorrow. Um, we would welcome everybody to register, uh, even if you you may have a hard time registering because I think we have probably reached our max. But try it anyway, and, and if we can, we welcome you. We welcome everyone to not just. Uh, visit our website, but get involved, get involved by addressing these issues of elderly people needlessly dying in prison with your uh, senator or assembly person. Start the discussion in your communities on why it is inhumane to keep people who have languished in prison for decades when they should safely be returned back to their families. Okay. Uh, Jose Saldana, Director of Release Aging People in Prison, or, or RAP. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on the Independent News Hour. Thank you.